You're listening to the New Hope Church podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in as today's talk comes from Randy Spade. My name is Randy. I'm one of the pastors here at No Hope. Bob's not here this morning, and when Bob leaves, everything just goes to pot, doesn't it? We'll look forward to next week. You all come back next week. Bob will be here. (laughs) So over the past uh, couple of weeks, here since the beginning of January, we've been talking about how we can do more to become disciple-makers who make other disciple-makers. One of the key things that we need to do that, we need to pray. And it's more than just saying something before we eat a meal. We need to pray. We need to practice prayer. We need to pray fervently. Disciple makers know how to get a hold of God. And they do it. And they do it often. We need to be praying for friends who don't yet know Jesus, but who will because we're going to share him with them. Now, prayer is not something that's normal to us. It's contrary to human nature. We're so focused on ourselves, but when we pray, we don't focus on ourselves. We focus on God. We focus on others. Prayer is not natural. It's something that we must learn. And we see that in Scripture. In Luke, the 11th chapter, the disciples come to Jesus. Once Jesus was in a certain place, praying. And as he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Show us how. Tell us what we need to be doing. Teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. There is something about somebody who knows how to pray that just reaches out and grabs a hold of us. When we're with someone who really connects with God, it draws us into their prayer. We connect with God too. It's not just Jesus. There are other people who simply through their prayer life have drawn others with them to Jesus. One of those people is Peter Marshall. Now, I don't know if you have ever heard of Peter Marshall. He was born in Scotland, and right after World War II, he moved to the United States to get a a seminary education. He actually had an engineering degree from Scotland, and uh, he worked in the coal mines of Scotland, but he had a passion to preach, moved to the United States, finished his schooling, and he took several pastorates that included one 
at the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. In 1946, he became chaplain of the Senate. And at that time, they would open the Senate with a prayer from their chaplain. Now, he only did that for two years. He died of a heart attack just a couple of years later. But he became famous, and what he was known for was his prayers. His wife wrote a book about him. A man called Peter became a bestseller. They turned the book into a movie. The movie was nominated for Academy Awards in 1955. Incredible man. And what attracted people to him was the way he prayed. Now, this is one of his first prayers in the Senate. Imagine sitting as a senator and hearing this being prayed. Lord, we need thy help to do something about the world's true problems. The problem of lying, which we call propaganda. The problem of selfishness, which we call self-interest. The problem of greed, that we call profit. The problem of license, disguising itself as liberty. The problem of lust, masquerading as love. The problem of materialism. The hook that's baited with security. Now you can see why his prayers attracted people. They were revolutionary. They were different. He really connected with God. It wasn't just him. Jesus too, the passage that we just read. As Jesus was praying, his followers came to him and said, Lord, we want to learn how to do that. Teach us also to pray. Now, this was at a time when prayers were common in Judaism, but they were different. Prayers were memorized. They were written out. They were memorized. They were recited rather than truly being prayed. Around the time of Jesus, there were about 12 prayers that a good Jew would learn. They'd memorize it, and they'd recite it several times during the day. But with Jesus, it was different. Jesus connected with God. The disciples knew it. So they came to Jesus, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So in that passage, Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 2, Jesus gives them a pattern that they can follow. He says, when you pray, pray like this, Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food that we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Now, reading through this prayer, you will have said, wait a minute, 
we're missing some lines. That's because you're remembering from the book of Matthew, Jesus prayed this prayer in a different context. It's recorded in the book of Matthew a little bit longer. What that says to me is that Jesus practiced this prayer. He prayed this prayer frequently. But it wasn't a rote memory because it's different in the two passages. Instead, in the book of Matthew, we find this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need. Forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Okay, a little bit different. This is New Living Translation. I memorized the Lord's Prayer in King James with all the these and thous and wherewithals. And in its context in Matthew, this occurs in the Sermon on the Mount. Not as he finished praying, but Jesus taught the same pattern of prayer. So it's the pattern that stands out and that he wants us to grab a hold of. It's the pattern. Now, here in the book of Matthew, right before Jesus prays this prayer, he says, when you pray, don't babble on and on like the Gentiles do. Now, it wasn't just the Jews who would recite their prayers, but Gentiles also would go to a temple and they would have a short prayer to pray to the God of that temple, and they would pray it over and over and over and over and over. Jesus says, when you pray, don't babble on like they do. And then he gives them a prayer. So what do we do with the prayer? We memorize it, and we recite it over and over and over and over. Oh, we're not going to do that today. We're not going to focus on the pattern. We're going to look at the content. We're going to see what it is that Jesus was praying and what that says to us about how we should pray. So let's look at the opening line. He says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. The first thing that we see is that prayer is intended to connect us to God. Jesus starts his prayer by saying, Father. That was revolutionary. At that time and all throughout the Old Testament, nobody dared called God their father. Only two people, King David and King Solomon. And they were probably calling God father because he was the father of Israel. Nobody really dared say God is my father, but Jesus says when you pray, pray, Father, our Father in heaven, I sanctify your name. I set your name apart. Prayer is intended to connect us to, with God. 
Saul during this morning. I want you to think about your prayers, your prayer life. Do you connect with God? Or do you just say words? Prayer is intended to connect us with God. The next line. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The second line deals with purpose. That's what these phrases are about. Pray that God's purpose on earth be accomplished. Pray that his kingdom come. Pray that his will take place. It actually happens. How do you think he's going to do that? How do you think God will perform his will here on earth? One option would be for miracles to be taking place. All the time, everywhere. We don't see that. What do we see? We see his body fulfilling his purpose. His body. You. When we pray, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what we are praying is, God, first of all, do your will in me and then use me to do your will in the world that I live in. What we're praying for here is that God show us our purpose and then God help us accomplish his purpose for the world through us. These lines are essentially saying, Lord, do your will in me first, and then use me to do your will in the world that I live in. The next line, give us today the food that we need. Provision. You know, it's legitimate to ask for what we need. But Jesus makes it very interesting. Give us today the bare necessities that we need today. We're not asking for what we need for tomorrow for what we need for next week. Give us today the food that we need for today. Provide for us in this moment the things that we need at this moment. That can be more than food, but it's certainly not luxuries. Jesus actually speaks to that in other places about those who want to ask for luxuries. God doesn't promise it, promises luxuries. What he promises is to take care of us. So we look at what we need and say, God, I need this. Please provide it. Please give me what I truly need. Then the next line. 
Forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. Wow. Tell you what, be careful when you pray this prayer, especially if you don't forgive. If you do not have the habit of forgiving, you're asking God to treat you like you treat others around you. Be careful what you ask for. He just might give it to you. This is about connecting with other people. Lord, help us to connect with others around us in the same way that I connect to you. That may mean that I need to forgive them like you've forgiven me. Well, forgive me, Lord, in the same way that I forgive them. Love me in the same way that I love them. Provide for me in the same way that I help them. You know, a lot of times when we pray, we ask God for things, don't we? Here Jesus says, ask God for character. Ask God to be a better person. Ask God to make you more like his son. Here, we ask God for forgiveness. And we ask him to do it in the same way that we forgive. What other character qualities do we need to pray for? The book of Galatians in the fruit of the Spirit talks about nine other. There's more than just those nine. Maybe we need to ask God to teach us how to love. Or maybe we need to ask God to give us joy, especially now. Maybe we need to ask God to give us peace. The world that we live in does not draw us toward peace. It pushes us away from it. Lord, Make me peaceful. Maybe we need to ask for patience or kindness or goodness. Maybe we need to ask God to help us be faithful or to be gentle. Maybe we need to ask God to give us self-control. Here, Jesus asks, through this prayer, that we be made better people. More like Jesus was. And the final line of the prayer, don't lead us, don't, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Give us Spiritual protection. We're tempted every day. Lord, help us to resist. Deliver us from the tempter, the one who is going to try to make us follow him. So here's the pattern. First of all, we connect 
and we worship God. We commit to God's purpose for us. And if we need to, we pray that he would help us to find that purpose. We ask for provision. What do we need today? Give us that today. Tomorrow, I'll ask for what I need tomorrow. We ask for forgiveness and the ability to forgive. Maybe there we ask for some other things as well. Patience, joy, love, peace. And we end by asking for spiritual protection. Now, that's not where the teaching on prayer ends. Jesus goes on in the book of Luke. He goes on and he tells a story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. I have nothing for him to eat. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom. Don't bother me. The door's locked. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. Jesus says, I'll tell you what. Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, He'll get up and he'll give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. So what is it Jesus is trying to teach us about prayer? He's trying to teach us that the answer does not come in our timeline. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying. Be persistent. That's at least part of the message of the book of Job. Do you remember the book of Job? Job wants to hear God and he doesn't hear God. After seven days of silence, his friends come to visit him and they don't say a thing to him. And I think the implication is he's not hearing from God either. So for 30 chapters, he cries out, and in each one of his speeches, he says, God, just talk to me. He never gives up. And at the end of the book of Job, God speaks to him. And when he does, Job says, okay. We're on speaking terms again. That's all I was looking for. Be persistent in your prayers. God will answer. The next teaching. He says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? If they ask for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, here, Jesus is saying sometimes we look and we see things that we think we want. I read one commentator that said the point here is that fish an eel from the river, which 
Could be good to eat. Looks a lot like a serpent, which could bite you, which could kill you. You might see something and say, I'd like that. And you're pointing out a snake, thinking that it's a fish. Or a scorpion, when it curls up, can look a little bit like an egg. So you see something, you say, I want that. Looks like an egg. It's a scorpion. What Jesus is saying here is that God will answer your prayer, but it doesn't mean that he will give you what you have prayed for. He'll answer your prayer and he will give you what you need, not necessarily what you're praying for, because he knows and he'll give us things that actually help. So how do we pray? We're talking here about how do we pray. Well, follow the pattern. Just a little bit later on in this service, we're actually going to do that together. We be persistent. We don't give up. We keep praying even when the answer doesn't come. Resting in the assurance that God will eventually answer. But we also recognize, as we look for his answers, that sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it's take this instead. So we need to be looking for the answers. If you want to be a disciple maker who makes other disciple makers pray simply pray now think about your prayer life think about the way that you pray right now are you satisfied with your prayer life or you do you need to be like the disciples saying lord teach me show me I want to pray more. I want to pray more in line with what you have taught us. I want to be more like you in my prayer life. Teach me to pray. This is important enough that we're going to talk about this again next week. Next week, we're going to come together and we're going to pray together. Because the only way to truly learn how to pray is by praying. So we're going to do that next week. This morning is more the theoretical introduction. Let's follow the pattern. Let's be persistent. Let's look for his answers in all. Let's pray. And let's pray together. Lord Jesus, it does not surprise us that your disciples ask you to teach them to pray. We need to learn how to pray too, Lord. So we ask that you would help us. Help us to connect with you. And then, instead of the normal petitions... Help us to pray for the things that you taught us we should be praying for. 
purpose, provision, character, and spiritual protection. Help us, Lord. We ask it in your name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.